This is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton. Yes, the real Scott Hamilton. And you're listening to the other Scott Hamilton show where you should be entertained, informed, and maybe even amused. Just don't expect any backflips. I mean, have you seen him skate? Trying to figure out what were the top things I could extract from the weekend that was. Georgia, better than we thought, even though we thought they were great. They're, is there a word better than great? Really great? <laughs> Brock Bowers, the legit Heisman candidate. I, I'm i going to throw him in there. And I stand by my contention earlier in the program that he might be the most dangerous weapon in college football. You talk about a mismatch nightmare. How do, how do you stop somebody like that? And I'm not talking about merely having a backer or a safety or some kind of hybrid of the two trying to cover him, trying to be physical with him and run step for step with him. But what if they do what they did on Saturday, they being Georgia, and they're doing these ends arounds with this six foot five freak athlete, and you're expected to run parallel with him across the it's just it's a fool's errand. And then you've got the ultimate trigger, man. I'm going to say that, Stetson Bennett. I slept on Stetson Bennett all this time. Who'd have thought? We might have been sleeping on Bo Nix. He he looked pretty good. He looked like his dad. I always liked his dad back in the day, but I'm dating myself. I'm also wondering this. Who's the first coach to go? Will it be Brian Harson or how about Drinkwitz at Missouri? I'm thinking they could be head and head. I think Drinkwitz might have a little bit more wiggle room, though, because he does have some uh, recruits maybe getting ready to sign and also some who are getting a little bit older, be ready to go next year. Let's see what our guest thinks. He's the co-host, three-man front on WJOX in Birmingham, our friend Pat Smith. Pat, how are you? Scott, what's going on today? Uh, it's a Monday, a lot to talk about, a lot to get to, Pat. Uh it beats it beats a Tuesday in let's say July. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and you know here in Birmingham, Alabama, between Alabama almost losing last week to Texas, and then Auburn throwing up on themselves against a Big Ten opponent. Yeah, it's been uh, radio gold today for sure. I bet you have had a good time. Forty-one to twelve, first time a Big Ten team ever visited the Plains. It couldn't have gone worse for Brian Harson. I don't see this getting any better. What is keeping Auburn from making a move right now, Pat? Well, the general feeling down there right now, Scott, is that the powers to be that's wanted him out about a year ago. Um, seriously, the, the week of Penn State, Auburn, last year up in Happy Valley, there were conversations in, in air, airport hangars across the southeast from some very influential Auburn people that they identified then that this was a marriage that was a mistake. And then, of course, in the offseason, you had the despicable way in which Auburn was trying to get rid of him with this bogus investigation about his personal life and throwing things up that had no business in the public highlight. And then now, of course, he's going to be judged on what's happening on the field. This football team has got problems, as you can see that. The quarterback, they got three transfer portal quarterbacks, and not a single one of them have proven at all that they're SEC caliber quarterbacks you've got an offensive line that's in shambles a defensive line that could not stop 
a freshman running back from Penn State over the weekend, and they've still got the likes of, of LSU and Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi State, Texas A&M, goes on and on on the schedule. The general feeling is, Scott, that if there is a change to be made at this football team, it's going to be the week that it's a bye week on the schedule. And if that does take place, then you could see someone like a Zach Etheridge or a Cadillac Williams. Uh, of course, you know, Cadillac was a great running back at Auburn. He could be the interim head coach if they go that route. So much, so much on the radio show today, Scott, was, was not about if it's going to happen, but kind of like when it's going to happen. I, I think Auburn people have identified that this is something that just was very difficult to consume when it was when it happened, I'm talking about when he was hired by Alan Green, and now Alan Green, he's hit the road. He resigned. He's left. They've got an interim athletics director. There's just a lot of stuff at play here, and I just don't see an easy outcome for Brian Harson to succeed. I'm looking at the schedule now. That bye week is after a trip to Ole Miss before a visit against Arkansas, so that could be a, yes. a difficult stretch regardless. I, I guess the biggest question I have, Pat, does Auburn set the market for a coaching salary? Because it's going to get who it wants, and we know they're not afraid to spend the money there. Could we see a $11, $12 million man coming to Auburn? No, 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 no. And and the reason why is because how much they had to pay to get rid of Gus Malzahn, how much they had to pay to get Brian Parson, which, you know, it's less than what Elaine Kiffin makes, which is $7.5 million at Ole Miss. And, of course, they fired Mike Bobo, name very familiar with your audience there in South Carolina, fired him last year. They fired Derek Mason as the defense coordinator. So what Brian Harson has done is he's brought in all of his old guys from Boise. You know, he came in, he named some, some former SEC guys to try to help him out in recruiting. Auburn's recruiting was in the tank. He famously said at SEC Media Day, Scott, that he wanted everybody to watch. You know, talking about recruiting, just watch. You know, the product that we're going to put on the field, you know, we're going to build a winner. Recruits will come. Well, over the weekend, congratulations, they passed Mizzou. They're now 13th in the SEC in in recruiting, 57th in the nation. And when you're recruiting against the likes of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, finishing 13th in the SEC, you are not going to last very long. And a lot of people across the state of Alabama that are Auburn fans are extremely upset, not only about the product on the field, but the fact that they cannot get any type of top recruiting kind of momentum going for that early signing period. Going by Pat Smith, WJOX Birmingham. Follow him on Twitter at Pat Smith Radio. Pat, I don't want to use the word blame, but the fact that Brian Harson is the coach at Auburn, can we directly link that to perhaps the hubris of Alan Green? I, I get Alan Green wanting to buck those boosters and go against the grain and try to change the culture and all that. But, but at the same time, this was not a good fit. And, and even uh, somebody like myself who's not in Alabama, who does not go to Auburn or follow it as closely as you, I can see the writing on the wall that Brian Harson, probably a pretty good football coach, but he was in a no-win situation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think he is a good football coach, but this is a situation where it is not built for success, especially from somebody from the West Coast or from the Mountain West Conference. Um, I talked to people in Boise, Idaho, that covered the program day in and day out, and the moment that he was named the head coach, they they called me and said, Pat, he is not going to last a year. And the reason why is because 
He had so much control over that Boise State program. He was able to basically be a Nick Saban in Boise, which is I want all the big boosters. I don't want them around the facility. They can write their checks, but I'm here to coach football. We're going to win championships. I don't need these people meddling into the program, and he was able to handle that in Boise. Well, you come down to Auburn, Alabama, and you can ask any coach that's coached there, those boosters are going to be involved. Those boosters are going to expect a lot from you. And he just was not able to control that. And I think once Alan Green, which was his biggest ally, saw the writing on the wall that his contract wasn't going to be renewed and he left Auburn, I mean, Brian Harson realized that he was in deep water and kind of out of his realm, but his representation of the people that represent him in this basically have told him, look, you know, go out there, coach your football team, and if Auburn decides that, you know, this was a mistake, then they're going to have to pay you, just like they paid Gus Malzahn to walk away and go to Central Florida. It's a lot of money that Auburn, not only in the last few years, but in the history of Auburn, I've covered this program almost 30 years, Scott. I mean, from the likes of Wayne Hall uh, to obviously paying Tommy Tuberville, Tony Franklin, one of the old offensive coordinators, they, they, they fired him midseason. They had to pay him off a lucrative contract. It, it goes on and on. That's what Auburn has done in history. And so Brian Harson is probably going to make a lot of money to not coach the Auburn football team probably after this season. Does Auburn get a Power 5 coach when Brian Harson is inevitably let go? Well, I will tell you, uh, to the quick answer to that question is no. And the reason why is because there has been so much overwhelming support to bring Hugh Freeze back into the SEC. Hugh Freeze is at Liberty. Hugh Freeze makes a lot of money. Uh, Liberty is a private institution. Obviously, uh, whatever sins he's had in the past, whether it's in his personal life or the NCAA, he has been given a second chance in the coaching profession, and he's done really well at Liberty. A lot of Auburn people think that that's going to be their savior. They think that's the guy that they can bring down, somebody that knows the SEC in recruiting, somebody that is an offensive-minded coach that can be able to come in and get these type of recruits that you would need to be successful at Auburn. That is the choice number one as of today if something were to happen. Choice number two is Lane Kiffin. Can they get Lane Kiffin from Oxford to come over to Auburn? The general feeling in the coaching community is that Lane Kiffin is eyeing the Alabama job once Nick Saban decides to call it quits. Now, Saban signed through 2029. That would put him at 79, 70, or 80, close to 80 years old if he were to live out with that contract and be on the sidelines for Alabama. So I'm not really sure if Lane is going to wait around uh, for whatever amount of time it is before Nick Saban. And that doesn't guarantee that the Alabama people would be willing to bring in Lane Kiffin because – He's obviously got an interesting past as well. So a lot of moving parts here, Scott, in the state of Alabama. What's going on? My two cents before I let you go, Pat. The U Freeze, you, I, I don't know if you mentioned it or not. You, I might have been just distracted by hearing the name U Freeze because I was telling somebody that yesterday and they laughed at me. The biggest thing he has on his resume, back-to-back wins against Alabama. You tell me that doesn't mesmerize <laughs> yep. those folks in Auburn. And But when, when I think of Lane Kiffin, though, I also see, and this is the juvenile in me, I guess, I see the Auburn job being attractive for Lane Kiffin simply because that's an opportunity for him to poke to bear 365 days a year, and you know he's not afraid to do that. No, no, it would give him that opportunity, but he also knows that he is going to have a political apparatus that he's got to deal with in Auburn, Alabama, that is almost a death knell to many a good coaches 
that have come to Auburn. And it's, it's not for the light, light of heart. And, and so I'm just not really sure if that is going to be something. And let's, let's just be honest. Love Ole Miss. A lot of my, my relatives went and played at Ole Miss. But I'm just here to tell you, he, he can sit there in Oxford and win seven, eight, nine ball games and maybe luck up and get 10 wins like he did last year. And, and they could put a statue up for him in Oxford. I mean, and, and, and make a lot of money. You go to Auburn, I mean, you're in that grinder. And, and and there's not a lot of people that can uh, make it out of that grinder and be successful. I uh, I think the restlessness in him, though, he, he can't sit back and be complacent and enjoy a good deal. And I agree with you. He could be the Mark Stoops of Mississippi. They, no question. And, and it would be. No, a, I mean, listen, and that's a great point because, you know, Mark Stoops, I think we can all agree, Mark Stoops is one of the best coaches in the Southeastern Conference. I'm not saying that he would leave or be, you know, dumb enough to leave Lexington for Auburn, Alabama, but, I mean, there's a guy right there that should be up for, for every job opening in America that comes up, you know, for what he's been able to do in Lexington. So it's not going to go away at Auburn, Scott. It's just going to continue to be radio gold for us, and, and I greatly appreciate that. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. You know, and I'll leave you with this thought, Pat, and let's circle back another time have this discussion. If I put together my Mount Rushmore of guys you don't talk about for jobs, but if I could hire one of them, I would. I would have Mark Stoops, and I would have Dave Clawson. I need to figure out who the other two would be. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. And and why Trev Alberts there at Nebraska hadn't already called both of those guys. I'm not saying he hasn't, but I haven't seen their names bannered back and forth amongst the Nebraska faithful. I keep seeing Urban Meyer, which is a laugh. But anyway, but you're right. Those are two very good coaches, very good names for that could lead programs out of the doldrums. And, and, Pat, I know you're in a hurry, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question. Deion Sanders, do we see him coaching Power 5 next year? Do we specifically see him at Auburn, perhaps Georgia Tech? Uh, I do not see him at Auburn, uh, just for all the political reasons that I told you about. I don't think Deion wants to be involved in that mess. Georgia Tech, man, could you imagine the excitement, the NIL opportunities, the things that could go on in the city of Atlanta for Georgia Tech to get that program going? Because I think we can all agree that Jeff Collins probably within the next week or two will not have a job. He's Pat Smith. Follow him on Twitter at Pat Smith Radio. Pat, you're the man, buddy. Appreciate you hopping on. Thanks, Scott. Anytime, brother. All righty. It's Pat Smith, WJOX in Birmingham. Follow him on Twitter at Pat Smith Radio. I like the idea of Dion at Georgia Tech. I, I know that is a tough road to hoe, man. That is some tough sledding with all the academic things and so on and so forth. But I also have to believe it's very desirous of the people at Georgia Tech to win, to be relevant. And so maybe they finally go out of their way to say, look, we are going to help you build the best football team you can. We are going to help you with all of these academic issues that are otherwise just insurmountable obstacles. We're going to help you navigate them. Because we do want to have an exciting program. We want to have a football team that competes and is relevant. And, and think about this, what it does for the university. Football, man, that pulls the train. And if they start bringing in bigger bucks, everybody benefits. Dion, imagine the branding. My God. And, and Bobby Dodd Stadium, one of my favorites. Just throwing it out there. It's the Scott Hamilton Show on Monday.